three, two, one. Diwali is here, Diwali is here. Happiness arise, happiness arise. Be hard lighting in every town. Nangali patterns in every town. Is it Nangali patterns in every town? Nangali? Nangali patterns in every house. Be hard lighted in every town. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Diwali is here, Diwali is here. Happiness arrives, happiness arrives. Salutations and welcome to another edition of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hi. Episode 30, Jojo B. Is that where we got up to? We've got to episode 3-0. Wow. 30 episodes in. 30 episodes. Um, apparently, people still listen. Do you know, amazingly, people still do. You Thanks. Know, yeah, <laughs> cheers and all that. You get me like We appreciate you. Yeah, we really do. You know, for us to come to, you know, this many shows, I never envisaged we'd even get past one show, <laughs> to be honest, when we first started this quest of making our own podcast. And the fact that we've come to thirty episodes is a noble feat. Given our year, yes it is. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Someone asked me the other day, Are you guys still doing the podcast? You guys are still making it. Yes, we are. I'm guessing that person stopped listening then. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Thanks very much. Maybe we peaked too early. Loyalty, people. Loyalty. Where is the loyalty? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? These hoes ain't loyal. But you know what? We might not even have got to 30 episodes. The other day, it could have been a very tragic, tragic day for the Native Immigrants podcast. What are you talking about? So a few days ago, yours truly, the Barracuda... Almost died. What? Yep. When? A few days ago, I was there with my good wife, sitting in front of the television, watching TV. Happened to have a drink with me. Thought I'd take a few glugs of it. And at that point, I started choking. Oh my God. And choking really badly. And as I was sat there choking away legitimately seeing my life flash before my eyes. Oh, for fuck's sake. As I was clutching at my last breath. Drama queen. I was hoping to get some help from my wife, my partner, my soulmate. (laughs) And I thought any minute now, she's going to step in and intervene and help me. But no. It was almost six or seven seconds that had passed. And she was still sat there looking at me as I was coughing up my insides. Um, Seeing the whites of my eyes form. Look. No help at all. It's almost like she did it. It wasn't a sip. You it took was, a sip I was of your drink and it went down the wrong way. And then 
I like I thought you were laughing at something that had happened on the TV and I wasn't 100% sure what there you were laughing at. There was a serious at. moment happening on the television. <laughs> so I'd have been a very, very morbid man had I started laughing at this. So, yeah, it, just, it went down the wrong way and I was like, oh no. And usually he's just like, leave me alone. Don't touch me when things like this happen. So I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. Leave and then... Like, yeah, don't touch me as I'm at the last few seconds of my and then, life. And then I realised, oh no, he really is choking on, on a bit of drink, which you're not going to die from. And then you're not exactly going to drown, are you? And so then I patted your back. Wow. Didn't even leave her seat from where she was sat. Well, it takes me about half times. an hour to get up now. So if you want me to get up and, and run somewhere, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Sorry, forgive me for dying while you were pregnant. <laughs> God forbid you had to do something. I need your help to get up most of the time. Oh, now. my God. So look, I tried. I tried. I patted you on the back. You were, were fine. Trying. There's a reason. You didn't drown with your like lemonade or whatever it was that you were choking on. There is a reason that my mum is my emergency contact. Because in any life-threatening situation, Jojo B is the last person I'd want there to help me out. Because this could have been a podcast of one, Jojo B. You could have been here by yourself talking about all those amazing moments you had with the Barracuda for 29 episodes. Oh, shut up. You know? Honestly, like such drama queen. I was sitting there thinking about my future unborn child... And I'm not going to get a chance to see it. If you had died because you drank lemonade and choked, I would have put that on your gravestone. You know what? We don't even <laughs> bury. I would have buried you and had a gravestone and put that on there. Choked wow. on lemonade. Are you hearing this, people? Choked so, on lemonade. Not content with watching me die. She would have then buried me when I would more likely wanted to be cremated. Unbelievable. Just so I could write, choked on lemonade. <laughs> you know, there's, there's worse ways to go. <laughs> I will pat you on the back when you choke on lemonade next time. Thank you. Or maybe you just drink a bit slower. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just be alert. Is all I can say. If you drown in a glass of lemonade, like what? What is that life? <laughs> and how can I help you? I can't really help you. Oh dear. But anyway, crisis averted. Barracuda is still here. Okay. And I'm here for episode thirty of our show. Uh, we just had our last NCT class. Georgia we v. did. Apparently, we're fully equipped now to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> this is it, yeah. Um, a nervous chuckle. No, but you know what? I'd like to think that the person I was at the start of our NCT classes almost two months ago, I'm a very different man now. I feel like I've got a lot more closer connection to what's going to be happening in the next uh, few weeks. Which is good. Which is very, very good. And we have a lovely group, I've got to say. Um, you know, because I was a bit apprehensive about what kind of people we'd have with us on this journey. We've got a funny group. We've got a really, really funny, funny group, <laughs> really warm group. And also they are all in the same boat as us, which yes. is nice. No, exactly. Let's just see it through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've come this far, Jojo V. We're coming up to the final hurdle. The finish line is in sight. I can't lie, I'm shitting myself, but oh, it's okay. Because no. apparently that's what it feels like to have a child, so it's great. Yes, that's a that's an image that I now really can't get out of my head. <laughs> but we'll move on swiftly. So today, Jojo B, mm -hmm. this far into the show, yeah, it is probably the biggest festival and celebration for Hindus and Sikhs in the world. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I'm just oh being facetious. 
Happy Diwali, darling. Happy Diwali to you too and everybody else that's listening into this show. This is a big deal. It's Diwali for fuck's sake. Yes, it is. For fuck's sake. Yeah, Diwali. Obviously. I love the intensity of that. Yeah, because you know what? Because <laughs> I'm a religious guy and I'm also very close to my cultural roots. And so Diwali is a massive part of that. It is. I love Diwali. I can't lie. It's an amazing time of the year. Family, friends, food, fun. All Fireworks. the Fs. Fireworks, yeah. All the Fs. Yeah. Fatake. But in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Diwali. This is a Diwali special. We had a Halloween special last week. This is to celebrate Diwali, the festival of lights. And in the second half, we can educate you all about Diwali. Yes, we can. So it almost be like edutainment, as Keras One used to say. A mixture of education and entertainment. I think that perfectly sums up our show. It does indeed. So we'll edutain the masses as we do every single week as standard for 30 effing shows. But closely linked to Diwali, last week we went to the Hungry Ghosts event as organized by Asia House. Oh yeah. And uh, it was at the Rich Mix last Wednesday night, Halloween night. Spooky Halloween stories. Yeah, with a little bit of an Asian twist. Yes. Uh it was a great event. I wasn't really sure what to expect from it. And what did you take from it? Um <laughs> I'm I'm not going to lie a lot of it went straight over my head. It was really good, but I feel like maybe we're just not literary enough. Well, I I I I Yeah, that's basically how I felt at the end of it. The first two poets, there was a lot of metaphorical wordplay. Yeah, it went over my head a lot of that stuff. I really enjoyed it. I liked listening to them say it. Absolutely. But Zia Ahmed was there and he had a, an interesting story. Very surreal. Really, really surreal about a bread-making army of people. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure what it was about. Yeah. But it was quite terrifying up until the point I got lost. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like I don't know what's happening now. Um, but the highlight for me and this is a little bit biased obviously was the last poet which was Vayu Naidu who actually recited off the Ramayana it was like part of it yeah so it was specifically the part where Ram Sita and Lakshman are now in exile in the forest and this is the part where Ravan basically tries to kidnap Sita yes um it really dawned on me that actually it's quite a horrific scenario I mean yes it, the whole thing is quite terrifying if you really think about it. Yeah. There's a demon king who's after you. Not just any demon king, a 10-headed demon king. The demon king. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want I didn't want to take, you know, give away the ending of the Ramayana, but yeah, if you don't know it. Yeah, spoiler alert. If you don't anyone. already know it, then, you know, you should do because they should have taught you that in school. But was it just your favorite bit of the show because that's the bit you understood and that's the bit you knew and it was familiar? probably yeah yeah cuz i'm not afraid to admit that that's probably the case for me yeah cuz I, i was kind of half expecting some real scary terrifying tales yeah cuz this is like across the whole of asia so it wasn't just the south asian subcontinent yeah. there was uh, thailand indonesia indonesia which is lovely the stories are really good but yeah because they were done very poetically kind of went over my head a little bit yeah yeah which is a shame 
it was slightly. But otherwise, it was a really good event. It was great to hear some amazing poetry. And it was also awesome to hear the Ramayan done in such a vivid way. Yeah, she was very entrancing. Yeah, it was, it was like a captivating rendition yes. of it. Big up Vayunadu. She followed us back on Twitter as well. Oh, after nice. we said big up to her. And so follow her and her works. Yeah. Anyway, also this week. Yes. Which was also horrifying for me. Oh my God. Okay. Apart from your the impending death of your husband. What, the drowning in lemonade incident? I don't know. Please, please. That's going to go down in history. <laughs> Mark your calendars, people. Um, real horrifying stuff. Wow. Dr. Rand got kicked off Strictly. Yes. I was gutted. It was definitely up there with some of the most horrific things that have happened this year. <laughs> but <laughs> let's be honest, it was on the cards. Yeah. Dr. Ranj, amazing personality. I'm sure he's an awesome doctor. Yeah. When it comes to the dance-based arts, it but, probably isn't his strong point. Yeah, you know, like he hasn't been the highest scorer all the way through. Yeah. But he puts so much effort into it and the joy in his lovely little face. Yeah, he's always smiling. It always looks like he's having an amazing time. And he wasn't even the lowest ranked score this week. I believe Danny yeah. John Jules was bottom. Who also should not be anywhere near the bottom and should stay until the end. Yeah. Because we love him. But um, yeah, the samba just wasn't Dr. Ranger's dance. Uh, so could this be, Jojo B, mm. the start of the 2018 Great Ethnic Cull? Potentially. Like, we've had an all-Asian final for the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. That might be just about enough yeah. for the Great British public. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we won't be seeing an ethnic winner. No. Strictly. Potentially not. I'm still hoping for someone like Danny John Jules to win it. He's awesome. You know, because at his age and because he's a legend, I'm kind of always going to follow the people that were closest to my heart during my childhood. He's the cat. He's the cat. And, and he still has the moves. Still got the moves. But, you know, I, f I think that chick from uh, Pussycat Dolls is probably going to win it, to be fair. She shouldn't even be in it because they shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, why are, why are people that have already had a dance-based career going to be on a dance-based reality TV show? Because apparently they're singers, but mm, I don't remember them singing that much. But anyway. yeah, big up Dr. Ranch. We'll continue watching you on This Morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My maternity leave starts soon, and that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. Stick to the nine to five. But talking of doctors, mm. Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Episode six, which we spoke about a few shows ago, yep. is going to be on this Sunday. Yes, it is. And we watched the trailer the other day and it looks amazing. It does look awesome. You can catch that trailer online in the usual places. Yes. Um, it's worth a watch. Tell us a little bit more about what's going to be happening on this show, JJB. As we mentioned in one of our previous shows, this will be an episode that focuses on partition. So the Doctor travels back in time with one of her companions and goes to see what happens in partition India. Yeah. They are going to Doctor Whoify it. History with sci-fi, exactly. Uh, Doctor Who's already had... One show previously, which was about Rosa Parks, you know, so they're obviously touching some real groundbreaking moments in history, especially ethnic history. Which is not going down too well with the Daily Mail reading public. Well, yes. But, you know, fuck them. Fuck the Daily Mail. You heard it here first on the Native Immigrants podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but something else that Daily Mail are probably going to be complaining about 
This past week, basically, in Smethwick, a 10-foot statue of a Sikh soldier has actually been unveiled in the city centre to commemorate 100 years since the end of World War I. The bronze work actually honours service personnel of all faiths from the India subcontinent who fought for Britain during World War I and other conflicts. Just like my great-granddad. Yep. Awesome. So I'll be there to honour and tribute him also. Yes. Uh, it was actually the Guru Nanak Gurdwara in Smedic that actually commissioned the £30,000 piece by Luke Perry, who's a sculptor from the area. Not the actor. And not the actor, because that'd be <laughs> so fucking weird. 90210 legend. Also sculptor of Sikh statues in Smedic. I'd bloody love it, though. That would be something else. But it actually was paid for by the local Sikh community. So it feels like a collective effort by people from Smedic in that That's area. That's a really lovely thing. It's an amazing gesture because, you know, not enough has been said about India's participation in World War I and World War II, the biggest voluntary army of all time. The Indians, the West Indians, the Africans, yeah. they don't really get commemorated in the, in the same way yes. as, say, the Australians yep. or the New Zealanders or various other members of the Commonwealth, yeah. the Empire at the time. Um, we don't have the same level. I saw a really interesting tweet actually the other day with all the different pictures of the commemorative things that are around the country. Right. Yeah, we don't have much. <laughs> that, yeah. That's why that statue is very important. I can't quite pinpoint the reason why that would be the case. Maybe we can open it up to our listeners. It's not that hard to figure out, people. Um, but India supplied one of the biggest armies ever for the Allied forces during yeah. both, both the First World War and the Second World War. Yeah. And a lot of it, I wouldn't say, has been whitewashed out of history books. Yes, it has. But, but yes, it has. But I'm very glad to see they can commemorate this amazing contribution by the Indian Army. And it's Remembrance Sunday this weekend. So if you're in the area, if you're around Birmingham, Smethwick kind of area, go and check it out and let us know what it's like absolutely are we gonna get a chance to check it out when we're in the area make sure you all do the same right well that's the first half of this week's diwali special episode of the native immigrants podcast join us on the other side of this break when we're gonna be talking about diwali our experiences of it growing up and also a little bit about the ramayan see you on the other side people Welcome back to the second half of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And today is Diwali. Happy Diwali. Happy Diwali once again to all our listeners. So this is pretty much the biggest celebration for Hindus I know in the UK and yeah. abroad and all over the world. Uh-huh. And it also is a massive celebration for Sikhs as well. It is indeed because it is Bandi Chor Divas today. Happy Bandi Chor Divas to you, Jojo B. And to you. And to all my Sikh peoples. Yep. But there'll be a lot of people listening into the podcast that also don't have a clue what Diwali is. This is true. We're quite lucky to have a very diverse range of people that listen into our show. Yeah. And I like to think, like we said in the first half, this is an edutainment show. <laughs> yes, it is. So we like to educate as well as entertain. So let's talk to people a little bit more about what Diwali is. Are you going to recite the whole Ramayan here? Uh, we could have a nine-hour podcast. <laughs> it's an epic. Yeah, you'd pretty much be like, let's just listen to the Native Immigrants podcast before we celebrate Diwali, and then they don't get a chance to celebrate it till like Friday. 
Yeah. Just listening to this whole episode. <laughs> so, touching on it very, very briefly, it's basically the the victory of light over dark. Yes, it is. It tells the story of Ram, his wife Sita, and his brother Lakshman. Yeah. Returning from the forest from exile after defeating the demon king Ravan. Yes. Which we spoke about again in the first half of the show. Uh-huh. And it was obviously dark. It was quite dreary. And so everyone put up lights, held up candles, held up some fire to guide his path back to Ayodhya and become the rightful ruler that he deserved to be. Yes, and he didn't have to live in a forest anymore. No, which is, uh, you know, people like to live rurally rather than urbanly. There's also a feminist tale in there as well with Sita. Yes, there is. We won't go into that right now, but if you are interested, read the Ramayan and keep reading past the bit where they get back home. Yeah, Because yeah. it's very interesting. Yes, well, you know, the introductions of her sons, Love and Kush, and uh, the perils of being a wife to uh, a god. Okay, that's that's got to be quite, you know, a lot of pressure. Well, yes. And unfortunately for her, she had a lot to deal with. <laughs> a lot to deal with, yes. But it's a, it's an amazing story, the Ramayana. I do recommend that you check it out, read it. There's a lot of different complexities within that story. But the main thing is, it's good triumphing over evil. And that's the thing that we celebrate here on Diwali. Yeah, it's a gripping story. I read the Ramayana a long time ago. Yeah. Like a kind of old translated version from the 1900s translated into English awesome. and um, it was I didn't know half of that stuff because yeah. you get taught the basics at school yeah but that was that was very interesting absolutely yeah um, so tell us more about the Sikh celebration so the Sikh celebration um, is Bandishor Divas mm-hmm. And it celebrates the release of Guru Hargobind from prison. He was imprisoned by the Mughal Emperor Jahangir. Yep. And he was freed on Diwali Day okay. from prison, along with 52 Hindu kings. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so we celebrate the, the release of our Guru. Oh. Yes. I'm glad to see that with Diwali, you know, there's a lot of division now in India between cultures and religions. Uh-huh. But Diwali is probably one of the most inclusive holidays in terms of it's something that everyone can really celebrate. Yeah, because we celebrate in very similar ways. We light divas and yep. we do fireworks and we eat lovely food and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, You guys go to Mandir, we go to Gurdwara, that kind of thing. Yeah, So yeah, it is a lovely, inclusive, everyone's involved. Everyone can get a piece of the pie. Exactly. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about Diwali for us growing up, you know, yeah. because for us, Diwali was the biggest celebration. And so there was... The five F's, as I like to call them. Fun, family, food, friends, fireworks. <laughs> you know, you can, yes, you can indulge true. in any order you'd like. But how was it for you guys growing up? So, as many of you know, and as I've mentioned a number of times, I grew up with parents who had a shop. Yes. So, mum and dad were usually in the shop. Diwali always seemed to fall on a weekday. Standard, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, I'd come home from school and my job would be to tidy the house you have to clean your house on Diwali you have to have a clean clean house before it gets dark that was my mum's rule everything windows cleaned everything has to be sparkling oh my days so that was my job me and my brother would have to like clean the whole house make sure it was sparkling before mum got home otherwise we'd get told off yeah and then every year I don't know why every year my mum makes sholay 
Okay. That's the most Diwali of Diwali treats. I don't know why, but she loves it. So the shole is um, chickpeas. So she makes that. Um, and then she'll either make a puri, like puria, or she will make pature, or she will make samosa. Nice. Sometimes we'll get all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a bonus here. She had extra time for the cooking. Hmm. Um, it seems to happen every time I come round. So I guess I must be the bonus to initiate your mom's celebration this. because she thought I would never get married. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, oh my God, my darling son-in-law. And then, yeah, we would just eat a lot of food. Uh, we would play cards, me and my dad and yeah, my brother. absolutely. Because you're supposed to gamble or play cards or do something like that on Diwali Day. Yeah. So we would. We wouldn't gamble, obviously, because we were children. But we, we would play cards with my dad. Um, and that was it. Yeah. Did they, I was going to ask, like, you know, growing up up north, especially, mm-hmm. when, obviously, like you said before, there wasn't a, a whole mass of Asian families around. And then most of the community was Islamic as well from the Asians that you did know. Yeah. And so how much was Diwali actually taught in schools and celebrated in schools? So in my primary school, because I went to a hippy-dippy primary school and we learned about every religion, whether they were represented in our school or not, Yeah, we would hear the story of Ram and Sita oh, okay. every year. My teacher would, write, would read the story out in assembly. Right. And so that's where... I learned all the basics about it because my parents, obviously, you just, you know, you celebrate these things, but no one really tells you why you're celebrating them. Yeah, That, yeah, that yeah. was kind of the story in our household, especially because my dad's not a very religious man. Right. And so my headmaster, Mr. Parkin, literally the greatest teacher anyone has ever had. Fair play. Mr. Parkin, who absolutely petrified of him absolutely loved him as well at the same time yeah yeah. and he would he would make sure that we knew all of the stories of all of the main religions when they had like big festivals okay that's kind of an exception to the rule i think for most of the rest of the uk apart from the big cities in my working life i've worked with so many different people and a lot of them white people i'm talking about specifically yeah. didn't really have a clue about diwali you know and and so that's the the thing is it really being taught in schools universally in the uk i don't know how much it's part of the actual curriculum I don't know. I mean, my primary school was is is amazing still. I mm. went back there recently because my friend's daughter's there. Okay, okay. And we went and I had a look around. They had an open day. So I went with my friend and her daughter. We were had like me and my friend met in reception class there. Yeah, amazing. So we've known each other since we were four years old. Gillian, love her. Big up, Jill. And yeah, it's still amazing. And it still does all of that stuff. It still kept those core values as much as it can. Mm. I don't know how different the other schools are in the area. Yeah, yeah. Our school was always one of the best. Fair play. Well, I guess that's kind of similar to what my experience was. But obviously, we grew up in the area that was predominantly Asian. Yeah. And so Diwali was probably celebrated on par with Christmas. Yeah. uh, Because of the mass number of Asians uh, in our areas. And so part and parcel of our school life was learning about Diwali, celebrating Diwali, and also partaking in the Ramayan play. And I've spoken about this on a previous episode, <laughs> but because this is the Diwali special, I will care to repeat it. So pray tell us, which part did you play in the, in the Ramayan? Well, just like my current life and the role that I play amongst our family, <laughs> I played the villain, the black sheep. The Rakshas. The demon king Ravan. Uh, was indeed Ravan. Uh, so I, as I said before, uh, they tried to get me to play Ravan the year before I took part. 
And I was I was really hesitant because I was like, I don't want to play Raven. He's a bad guy. None of the girls are like him. And then so eventually I had to relent. And then the following year, they twisted my arm enough and I was finally Raven in the play. And I remember I had this like black and gold number that I was wearing. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I had a big crown on top of my head. There's a photo somewhere. I have to find it some, from my mum and my dad somehow. There's uh, a picture of me basically standing there. We have to take this picture as, out. As Raven, yeah. I'll have to, have to share it on the, the Native Immigrants uh, Instagram. I've never seen this picture. I need to see it. Yeah. Uh, and I, play, I played Raven. The thing that pissed me off the most was, so when I was quite young, I'm the same as I am right now. I'm terrible at remembering anything. And so I, I was really adamant to remember my lines and make sure I got all my lines right and that it was spot on because obviously I'm taking on Ram, so I've got to be this intimidating force. Yeah. And so I remembered all my lines and it was all in my head and I was like, yes, done, done. And then literally two minutes before I was supposed to go on, one of the teachers came up to me and said, um, one of the things that you should do is in between each line, just say, ha, 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 ha. In between each of your lines. Do an evil laugh. Yeah. Okay. Between each of my lines. And I was like, okay, fine. So, you know, in your head, you've got the whole thing memorized. Yeah. And now you've got a like lastminute.com insert some laughter in between each of these <laughs> lines. And I, I remember I stood there and I said the first line and then I like laughed for a bit. And then I'd forgotten what the following line was <laughs> to the first line. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you and have so, a prompt anywhere? We used to have somebody standing at the back with like lines written if, you, if just in case you needed a prompt. Right. No, we had no prompts. Oh, no. We were expected to learn the whole thing and be on point with it as well at the same time. Oh, shit. But I was a little bit lucky because I was stood there quite hesitantly, kind of like, uh. And then because I, I was stood in front of the boy that was playing Hanuman mm. and he was like whispering me the lines <laughs> and he was like, and then I said another line. And then I forget what that one was. And I'd kind of look at him again to like, what's the next line, bro? And uh, basically, that's how I got through that little bit, you know. Well, well done him for learning his own lines and your lines. Because well, we'd rehearsed it adamantly over the space of almost like two or three weeks. <laughs> and so by the end of the last rehearsal, we were pretty much spot on. But then I got thrown this complete curveball to add this laughter in. And that was just like, my brain cannot compute <laughs> to do this right now. Um but yeah, so I was Ra- I was Raven. And How old were you? I must have been about seven, eight, Aww. or something. Um, and then like, I, and then basically there was a fight sequence with me and me and Ram, me and the boy that was playing Ram. And uh, you know, the original fight sequence, I was like throwing back some punches and stuff as well, mm-hmm. so to counteract him. And then they said to me later on, um, yeah, if he could not do those punches and just let him just punch the shit out of you, and then. Raven if he doesn't can't fight back. Yeah, he's supposed to be the most fearless demon warrior in the entire universe. Yeah. Like he's gotta have some kind of counterattack. They just want it to be over with as quickly as possible. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I was a side plot in the bigger scheme of things. Oh, word. Um but yeah. Didn't we learn the other day when we heard that story? Yeah. That not only was he a incredible warrior, but he also knew how to make love in fifty two thousand ways. Yes. <laughs> We were not taught this at school. It had been a very different kind of play. Yeah. What are they teaching our kids? This is not the Ramayana. It's the kind of stuff people have protests of right now in India with like some of the historical accuracies being ripped apart. 
because of conservatism. Yeah. But in terms of celebrating Diwali as kids, I guess, like, from what I can remember, it was like a smaller occasion. The biggest celebration for us, particularly my family, was the next day, which was the New Year's Day where we would go around to people's houses and then, and then give mitai to each other. And we used to go to some of our elders' houses without fail every single year. Yeah. And so Diwali was like a, a celebration, but it was, it was a smaller scale for us growing up. Yeah. It was a bigger celebration the following day. And I think the older we've got, the tables have turned in that now Diwali has become a bigger celebration. And New Year's Day is just like, a, oh, you know, quick WhatsApp message to, you know, people saying mm. Happy New Year, etc. But it was, yeah, we used to have like, it'd be a lot of like Gujarati Nasto stuff. <laughs> I know the stuff that you love. I love it. Chakri. Mm. Yeah, lots of chakri, lots of gatia. Not just like the little orange little bits, but the big long oh, ones. It. And then it used to be like the, the couple of chilies on the side. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I don't touch those. What? Oh. It's tasty. No. Uh, sambaro. Do you know what sambaro is? Uh, yes, I do. It's the salad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's, it's like lovely. the carrots and cabbage with yeah. lots of oil and stuff. It's and delish. Yeah, it's absolutely lush. And obviously jalebia. So I can't have any more. I miss jalebis. Yeah, we need to find gluten-free jalebis. If you've got a gluten-free jalebi recipe, please send us the details. Yeah, there's a one place in Newcastle. They said they did them and I had them and I didn't get ill, so I assumed they were right. Oh, really? It's Fuzzles. Okay. Fuzzles is the greatest mitai shop in Newcastle. Okay. There are other mitai suppliers in Newcastle. I love Fuzzles. All right. Well, Fuzzles, uh, we've just given you a glowing recommendation. Yeah. So please send us some free mitai. Gluten-free jalebis, please. Yeah. Throw some of those in as well. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the older we got, we've managed to celebrate it a lot more on Diwali. I remember this one Diwali. For some reason, my mum said to me, back in Africa, when I was growing up, during Diwali day, we would all go to the cinema. Like everyone, the whole Hindu and Sikh contingent would all go to the cinema to watch a big Diwali film. Okay. And so I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, to make mum feel better because she's been away from Africa for so long. Yeah. We said, all right, let's just go to the cinema today for Diwali. Yeah. Something I'd never really done before, but I thought, you know, try something new. Yeah. So we got there. I literally can't even remember what film it was. We were the only people in this whole screen. Really? Yep. See, now in Newcastle, the big films obviously always come out around Diwali or they come, around, uh, come out at Eid. Yeah, yeah. The cinema is booked and full ages in advance. You will not, if you turn up on the day, you will not get a ticket. That's how it used to be anyway. I don't know if it's still like that, but it always used to be rammed on those days. No shit. Okay. It's like just a big thing. All the families get together and they go out and they go and watch in the evening. They go and watch a nice movie. Ah, see, the the key words there were the evening. Uh, We decided to go at about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. That's why no one's there. Exactly. Everyone's at home cooking and cleaning Celebrating, house. exactly. <laughs> Celebrating, having a good time where we decided to do it the other way around as such. Because obviously the, every year there is a big Diwali film yeah. that comes out. Uh, this year it's going to be Thugs of Hindustan. Oh, is that it? Yeah, it's quite a big thing, Ralph. Yeah, I know. It doesn't seem very Diwali-fied. It's not, I, don't think it's, I don't think any of the films are really festive related. You kind of want a Karan Johar film, don't you? You want colour and light and yeah. lovely. But all the films that come out during that time are like the big like productions rather than films that actually link with Diwali. Yeah. I don't know many films that actually do link with Diwali. No, but I mean like, you know, like a Kabikushi or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want yeah, something yeah. like big like that to come out. Yeah. Well, this there's still a massive production. Amir yeah. Khan and Amitabh Bachchan together in a film is going to be colossal. Yeah. Even though it looks like Pirates of the Caribbean ripped off. 
Yeah. You know. But we'll talk about it after we've watched it ourselves and review it in one of our future episodes. Trying to cram in as many cinema (laughs) visits as we can before this baby comes. Oh my God. We'll never be able to go to cinema again afterwards. No, exactly. Lap it up, fam. Yeah. Um, So what was Diwali like in the adult part of your life, Jojo B? So I have lived in London since I was 21. Yeah. So sometimes I could make it back home and sometimes I had to be here. Yep. On the tragic times that I had to be here, generally I would do a little visit to the Gwazara, um, just to be around other Indians. <laughs> yeah. And then I would go home and make myself some food. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Because I love- these were, this, was, this was now your gluten-free years, when you finally realised that that well, was I mean, issue. I went gluten-free after we got together. Oh, okay, so okay, before okay. that, I could eat whatever I wanted. So I'd buy a few samosa and things and just sit at home and eat them myself. Nice. And then ring home and go, happy new morning, everybody. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I suppose since we got married, yeah, we prob- I probably celebrate a lot more than I yeah. used to. I mean, we used to always, like I said, have the, the traditions haven't changed at all. My mum, I rang my mum yesterday, she goes, I'm making sure Lepadure tomorrow. Mm. So these things haven't changed. Yeah, of course. But... Yeah, like with you guys, it's kind of a bit more of a thing. We've had the family round, the extended family. Yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Last year was interesting. Last year was interesting. So as as I've got older, I've liked to kind of make my own stuff. So I love making mitai. Yes. So I make barfi and stuff. Um, awesome. Yeah. And last year, I started a venture mm. uh, with a family member to make our own butterfly we were going to start our own company yes and um which would have been the sponsor of our show it would have been had this had it kept on going yes for unforeseen reasons circumstances yeah but we haven't continued with it but um last year was pretty stressful because we had a lot of orders and that was really good because you know we just got around a word of mouth yeah that you guys were starting this new venture yeah and people were actually genuinely supportive. Yes, a lot of support. And it was brilliant. But I have never been so stressed in my life and mm. so sleep deprived yeah. um, as those like two, three days before Diwali last <laughs> year. Uh, we were getting building work done in our flat yep. at the same time. So I was having to keep an eye on that. And then I was also having to go to your mom's house and cook, because their kitchen's bigger, and cook there, making this uh, barfi. And then it's like, cutting the barfi and decorating the barfi and boxing the barfi oh my god and making the boxes because nobody tells you the boxes don't come made ready made they, you ha- they're flat packs so you have to make all of that stuff and it was just very very stressful and we had various flavours and yeah it was a stressful time yeah precursor but, to motherhood really in terms of sleep deprivation but it felt like we had achieved something at the end of it which is great yeah yeah. And it hasn't killed my love of making mirchai. Yeah, yeah. It's a very con- time-consuming thing, so I can't do it at the moment because I can't stand for that long in the kitchen. Absolutely. But next year, I'll be back on it again, I think. Okay. Just for the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, this is, I love doing it, but I think it's just for the family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, it's made from koya. Yes, yeah, so, so koa. Koa, sorry. So koa is um, reduced milk solids. So what you have to do, pour some milk into a pan. Stir it until it just it loses all the liquid and it's just left with the solid of the of the milk, so the fat Rough. and stuff. Um, uh, and then from that raw ingredient, you make 
your butterfree. Wow. Okay. So it's time consuming. Yeah. You know. It's a real, it's a real love. I mean, you, you can cheat and just use milk powder and condensed milk if you really want to, but the yeah. taste is not the same. No, of course. And I think one of the key elements of your business was that authenticity factor. Yeah. You know, to show that this is a real original product. Um, You've got to learn the original ways of doing things, otherwise these traditions get lost. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we wanted to try and do, is try and make it a traditional way and try and have that traditional flavour, which is why it was it went down really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone really loved the flavours, yeah. you know, and it's a, it's a shame that we couldn't continue the business. But let's see, future going. In the future, we'll just make it for family. But I, yeah, I want to do it the traditional way. No more condensed milk. Yeah, no, absolutely. Diabetes-inducing condensed milk. Yeah, as if we can't get enough high cholesterol and heart conditions after Diwali, we add it on with the, the most sweetest of sweetest goods. I do love condensed milk, though. Mm. I just like eat, like having it out the can. So bad. Don't do that. Don't people do, don't eat doing. condensed milk out the can. Unbelievable. But it, if you do, it's delicious, and it's also really delicious in coffee. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> we venture on, you know, from Jojo B trying to kill you all. Uh, one of the Diwali's that I found most interesting a few years ago. Uh, this is just before we got married. Mm. So yours truly is also a rapper. Yes. have been involved in the music industry for a good 13, 14 years. If you didn't already know. Yeah, I do rabbit on about it on every single show. And so I was invited to Downing Street. What? For Diwali. Oh my God. You know, I was lucky enough through my endeavours mm-hmm. to be invited to a celebration at 10 Downing Street with the Prime Minister for Diwali amongst some amazing Asian luminaries. Such as? People like uh, Karan Bilamoria, who is uh, the head of Cobra. Yeah. There was just Jimmy Mystery, is someone I hang around with most of the evening, which is awesome. The legend, Jimmy Mystery. You all love Liverpool. And we both love Liverpool, we found out that day. But there was loads of actors, loads of dignitaries. Keith Vaz, obviously, was there. Politicians. (laughs) And yeah, I got a chance to meet the Prime Minister, David Cameron. This didn't, uh, this didn't really fill Jojo B with too much delight. We weren't married at this point. We, we were, were together. Not. Yes. And I was like, am I with the right person here? Because this man has no principles. Well, I just thought, you know what? I'm never going to get a chance, potentially again, of going to Downing Street, seeing what Downing Street's like from the inside. Which, you know, has always fascinated me. So I understand why that would have been a draw yeah and obviously like political allegiances aside mm-hmm. it was just an amazing occasion and it was probably one of the things that i can look back on on my musical career and actually be quite proud of that enabled me to to go to downing street meet the prime minister and celebrate with some amazing asian people within the uk um and i want to shout out to menace uh who accompanied me on this trip my Yay! date uh, and shout out to nush who was uh, instrumental in making this whole thing happen. So, yeah, it's something that I can look back on very, very fondly. And that picture's got pride of place in your mum and dad's house. It does indeed. <laughs> my dad was gas fam. You know, he was just like, wow, you know, my son. And every time someone comes along there, he directs people towards that picture. Mm. They were like, you know what this is? This is my son. And he's gone to Downing Street to it's meet next, the Prime Minister. It's next to the picture of you with Amitabhazar. <laughs> exactly, yeah, <no. laughs> The two big meetings of my life. Um, But the one thing I completely forgot to do was take a picture of me standing outside number 10, 
with the famous door. Oh, what a fail. Yeah, because we, we both said uh, when we got there, we need to take a picture with the door. Uh, but it was really busy and everyone was walking at the same time. So we we're like, let's just do it afterwards and when we leave. And by the time we left, it was like completely dark. And so we were oh, trying no. to take a picture. It just wasn't coming out because it was too... No, there's no street lights on Downing Street. There is, but it was so fuzzy and grainy. Oh. So we didn't get a chance to properly take any shots. I was like, for fuck's sake. Oh, dear. And the other thing, the other highlight from that day was David Cameron. Just that week, Osama bin Laden had been found and killed. Oh, dear. And so he was talking about Diwali, saying that obviously this is a celebration of good versus evil which is very apt because of this happening. <laughs> and people in the room were just like, Oh, wow. Did he just say that? Wow. Did he just, did he just say that? Well, I mean, he has been well known for, for Tin Mouth. Yes, exactly. Well, something in something else's mouth, anyway. Oh, oh, that's so disgusting. <laughs> Big up, Dave. I do not need that image in my head. Oh, dear, dear me. <laughs> But what's what's Diwali going to be like for us now, Jojo B? Because this is, I guess, the first Diwali, in essence, for the three of us. Yeah. Well, so I was up until 2.30 in the morning uh, with a very excited baby kicking me and keeping me awake. It already knows. Yes, it was very excited already. Yeah. Uh, and next year we'll have a little bouncing baby. Yeah. So Diwali is going to take a whole different meaning of celebration, I guess, for us. Because I think it's very, very important, especially for me and you, I guess, in this instance. I love Diwali. Yeah, you know, to instill our cultural roots into, you know, into the next generation, yeah. our next generation. Yep. And I want it to be able to celebrate Diwali as much as celebrating Christmas and Vasaki mm-hmm. and Easter yep. and Kwanzaa, you know, all the big celebrations. I told you, I love this time of year because Diwali happens and then Christmas happens. Yeah. And then, then it's Lori in, in January. Lori, yeah. Our first Lori yeah. with our newborn. And then it's Visaki in April. It's amazing with our cultures because we've got the best of both our cultures and being here in the UK. We get a chance to celebrate literally a, a different holiday every month. This is a very secular household. Yeah, it is indeed. We celebrate everyone's celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy Eid to all my Islamic yeah. peoples on Eid. Yeah. We will celebrate with you. But no, it's like I said, it's it's one of the beautiful things about both our two cultures coming together. Mm-hmm. Diwali is obviously a celebration that both of our respective communities celebrate. But to be able to share our experiences, share the reasons for celebrating it, and just share loads of food and yeah. fun. Uh, make it one of the, the best times of the year for me. 100%. That's why I love Christmas, because it was the family coming together and spending time with each other. Yeah. It's the same thing with Diwali. That's exactly what we used to do. Yeah. And it's only enhanced, I guess, since we've got married, because now both of our families have come together. Yeah. And so that's enabled, obviously, extended family to be involved. And it makes Diwali now, every year, one of our best celebrations because we have everyone together everyone celebrating at the same time our house has almost become a congregation point yeah for so many people yeah and so it's just a beautiful thing yeah and tomorrow it's new year so we get a chance to have a double celebration the following day we do yeah i love diwali and 
I love the fact that we can celebrate it here amongst the people we love. Yep. And I also love that we go to your mum's house and in Southall, we don't need to bother buying fireworks because all of the houses around that area have fireworks. We just go and stand in the garden and watch everybody else's. Absolutely. It's one of the best things about being Gujarati <laughs> is that we don't have to spend a penny because everyone else is doing the work for us. My God, some people spend some serious cash. Bruv, how expensive are fireworks now though? So expensive. Is that £150 for like a small rocket and yet people will do rocket after rocket after rocket and we can just stand in your garden and watch other people burn their money and you're like where do you people <laughs> find them yeah this quite literally burn your money like within 10 minutes they've just spent a grand yep. in 10 minutes of fireworks my mom used to work in a fireworks factory oh really yeah bloody hell when i was i think just after i was born that's where she was working Ah. And uh, my dad said that they used to have like amazing fireworks because she used to just be able to bring some home. Bring some home or sneak some yeah, out. I think they would get her. like spare. I think because there'd always be like spare stock. Right. So they, they'd get to bring some home. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember any of it. But <laughs> apparently, it was amazing. Well, we were we weren't allowed to do fireworks. Here's a childhood story. Oh God, we weren't allowed to do any fireworks because we didn't want to disturb our white neighbours. Oh, for God's sake! And my dad was like dead set against that. And the one year that we did do them, um, for some reason, they left my teenage brother and the all the boy cousins who were that same age, so all teenagers. Yeah, they left them in charge of the fireworks. Oh wow. And <laughs> this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yes, it, it was very much a disaster. And because they're thick, they didn't <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. I'm like, what were you thinking, mom and dad? But these boys were so thick, they didn't have a lighter or anything. So what they were doing was they were lighting sparklers inside in the kitchen oh and they're running out the back door. And in those days, we had like um, carpet in our kitchen. Oh, Don't ask. Shit. Right. So they and so. And it was new carpet as well. And they, like, the sparklers left little bits of, like, burn marks on oh, our shit. carpet. And my mum went absolutely mental when she saw it. But they also didn't have anywhere because we had, like, a, a concrete yard. Yeah, yeah, No yeah. gardens. Um, we didn't have anywhere to stick the, the fireworks and stuff into. So they decided to put the rockets inside one of my mum's... My mum, a keen gardener, even though we didn't have a garden then, she used to have, we used to have loads of houseplants. Okay. They brought one of the house plants outside and stuck it in there because they were like, oh, the, the plant part. Oh, the plant part was sake. plastic and it melted <laughs> and the poor plant died. Oh, shit. My mum was so angry. And from the, from that day on, we were never allowed to have fireworks again. Uh, to be fair, you know, they're masters of their own downfall. If you're going to put the responsibility to a bunch of teenage boys... Literally, what did you expect? Exactly, exactly. Oh, and I was little, and the rest of us were all little. <laughs> so we were like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever because there's fireworks and sparklers and stuff. But no. Oh, dear. It was not good when my dad, mom and dad came home and they realised what had happened. Whoopsie! <laughs> we had a similar experience at my cousin's house, actually. Uh, just reminded me of another story. Um, so we were quite young at the time. Actually, no, I wasn't very young, but my nieces were actually very young. And so, you know, they wanted to stay inside while the fireworks are happening outside because mm-hmm. there's too many loud noises, etc. Yeah. You know, so we were like, all right, we'll accompany them in there and my cousin will light the fireworks. So it was a rocket, pretty pretty decent sized one. Yeah. And so it was like, great, you know, everyone stand back, watch this amazement of color and light. Yeah. Uh, it didn't quite angle it correctly, though. Okay. 
And this is a conservatory where the door was open. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. <gasps> so this firework, as soon as it lifted off, went straight to the direction of the conservatory. Oh, my God. And inside the conservatory. <gasps> and then everyone, <laughs> as soon as we saw this was happening, I can, everyone just ducked. And it was like a bomb being exploded right next to us in this conservatory. And all of us are just ducking, screaming and stuff. Did it destroy the conservatory? No, no. It just obviously like went into there and just like caused a bit of a racket. Because it wasn't like a, one of those massive rockets. It was oh, like a decent-sized okay. one. But um, that was a very scary moment. Wow. Yeah. If you are going to use fireworks this year... Yes. You know, and, it, and Diwali does coincide with Bonfire Night Week as well. Just be very, very careful. Yeah. Get a responsible adult if you're younger than 18. Yes. Get a responsible adult to do it. And if you are over 18, be a responsible adult. Yes. And just make sure that you don't hurt anybody. And also be aware of the fact that animals hate these things and they really get very frightened. Yes. So please put your pets out of the way and keep them somewhere safe. Yeah, 100%. Um, and please don't take influence from how India do fireworks. I'm sure it's fun for them out there. But holding a rocket up in your hand and then chucking it up in the air for it to be lifted off is something that... Someone was doing that on your street, on yeah, your mum yeah. and dad's street. We yeah. were walking your nieces back home because it was quite late. And we couldn't cross the road because they were, they were throwing fireworks throwing at each other. Throwing fireworks at each other, yeah. Lighting them and throwing at each other, um, which is like a, a massive thing. If every time you see videos of Mumbai celebrations of Diwali... That's all they're doing. They're just like holding rockets up in their hand and they're just lifting off and then taking like firecrackers and then lighting them and throwing them at each other. Don't do that. Yeah, Don't I'm not do about that. that life. You can cause some serious burns. Were you ever traumatised by those videos that you used to show you at school? Yeah. About, you know, about picking, fireworks, up, yeah. picking up sparklers after they're finished because they're really hot. And then you see this child scream yeah. as he's holding it. Yeah, man. All that kind of stuff petrified me as a child yeah um yeah but it's real so don't do that <laughs> yeah exactly um they should pull out those videos now fam they're scary some horror films right well that is the end of this week's diwali special yeah of the native immigrants podcast we want to wish you our listener and all your families an extremely happy diwali on this amazingly auspicious occasion from myself and jojo b and future Barracuda. Yeah. Uh, we hope you have an amazing day today. Don't overindulge, even if your mum and dad expect you to, you know, eat sensibly. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Stuff yourselves. Worry about all that stuff tomorrow. And just have an amazing day. Yes. Have a happy, lovely Diwali, however you decide to spend it. And uh, But go and tidy your houses first. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. what we're going to do now. Absolutely. We're going to be onto that right now. So from me, Swami Barakas, and me, Jojo B, we're signing off, people. Happy Diwali. Peace. See ya.